Alright guys, it's Nicole. I'm gonna do a little intro about why we've been missing for the last two weeks, and I apologize for the inconvenience, and I know a lot of you guys have been waiting for the Jeffrey Dahmer next case, so I've had some of my own personal things going on. My friends and family probably will know what's going on, and maybe someday I'll be able to share it with you. Emma ended up having some issues with the Jeffrey Dahmer case, so we're going to... Finish that off a different time. We're going to work on a different kind of case today. Here we go again. This is Nicole. And Emma. And this is Backwards Murder Podcast. And if you're looking for our intern or whatever, social, social medias. medias, you can find us on. Instagram is Backwards Murder. Our Facebook is Backwards Murder Podcast. And our Gmail is Backwards Murder Podcast at gmail.com. And so, like I said in the previous one, sorry we've been uh, missing in action. I've had my own issues. Emma has her own issues going on. And we're going to finish Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer. Oh, my. Dahmer. Yeah, case. <laughs> Not this episode. Well, we're going to wait a little bit for that. Um, We're going to do something different today. We're going to do a... Innocence Project. Yes, yeah, so people that have been wrongly accused of things and have been proven to be innocent. Very different than our normal podcast. Sorry, guys. So you can find this case on the innocenceproject.org. His name is Kenny Waters, so if you just go to the little search bar and type in Kenny Waters, it'll be a case. He served 18 years, but he was sentenced to life in prison. Kenny Waters was one of nine children. He grew up in a royal town in Massachusetts. By 1980, he was a typical man in his 20s. And he worked as a, as a chef as a, at a diner in his town. And he was living with his girlfriend at the time. And just a few laters, he was... A few what? few... <laughs> few laters of just, just a, a few, few laters. laters i was like what are we talking a about few years here? later he was convicted and charged with murder of that's lexi sneezing she gets a little <laughs> funny sometimes and this is the time where he served 18 years in prison this is all before dna testing was even a thing yeah dna test whoop whoop so betty ann waters his sister Put herself through college and law school to get her brother out of jail. That's some. That's like a dedicated that's like, sibling. Yeah, I don't. I'd be like, listen, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, buddy. Out of shit, out of luck, dude. Sorry. I'm definitely not going to college to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not happening. You know how much that costs? That's what freaking. Yeah. Anyways. But she did this for the sole purpose of helping her brother. That's a lot of one dedication two money and three she's doing this for one case i wonder if she kept being a lawyer i don't know they didn't say anything like that or anything but she worked with the innocent project to bring his exoneration in 2001 huh so it wasn't who ate my jolly rancher there was four no there wasn't yes there was i counted them that was, you've only had, check your pocket, because there was only three. There was four. I, I, Cole, no, Cole wasn't even over here. Oh, oh my was, God. There was definitely four. I looked. I'm going insane tonight, because I thought my phone was in here. 
Yeah, and you wasn't. thought you had four Jolly Ranchers and you only had three. Dip, dipshits. So on the morning of May 21st, 1980, Katherine Rietz Brow was murdered. That is a fucking long name. Isn't it? She was murdered in her Massachusetts home. Her body was found at 10.45 in the morning. There were bloodstains throughout the house. Her purse was missing and some of her jewelry was missing. And there was an envelope of cash that she kept in her house. And that was all missing, too. I don't I mean... I... We'll get to the cash thing. Okay. So, the crime investigators recovered hairs, blood, and also fingerprints in the house. And that were considered potentially tied to the perpetrator. The apparent murder weapon was a paring knife that was collected from a trash can. A paring knife. Okay. I, okay. So, Kenny Waters became a suspect because he lived next door with his girlfriend, Brenda Marsh. Okay, of course. Always the next door neighbor. Oh, yeah. If anybody's gonna kill me, it's definitely gonna be my next door, na- next door neighbor. Perfect. Love those. So, he worked at the Park Street Diner in Ayer, Massachusetts, where apparently Katharina was a frequent visitor. And what gets me is it was apparently known to the diner employees that she kept a large amount of cash in her home. I don't know. If I'm going to go to a diner every day and be like, yeah, I keep a large amount of cash in my house. Well, why did she? Why is that known to the employees? And why is some? Yeah, like that. I don't know. That just blows my mind. Like that's something that like I wouldn't tell anybody. Well, like if you had cash like in your wallet and somebody stole your wallet, that's different. But this guy, they never found out who did it. They still don't know. They still have no clue. It's probably a jealous woman. But, if I have cash in my home, I'm not gonna, like, go Broadcast ra- it! Hey, everybody, I got some cash! I got a large amount of cash in my house, in an envelope. You wanna know where it is? In my dog's asshole. That's where all my cash goes. <laughs> but, yeah, I- I dare you to go digging for it, please. <laughs> You can find it. Could you hand it over? I kind of need it. I kind of need it. <laughs> need it to pay some bills. <laughs> Waters was questioned by the police and provided a very strong alibi. So he worked at the diner yep. till 8.30 a.m. A.m. or p.m.? A.m. Okay. But his co-worker had driven him home. He changed his clothes and went to the count courthouse for a 9 a.m. appearance with his attorney. For what? I don't know what it was for, but he didn't end up leaving the courthouse till 11 o'clock okay, in when the did afternoon. Okay, she die? She, the body was found at 10.45 a.m. So, if you think about it, he worked till 8.30, went home, changed his clothes, and was at the courthouse by 9 o'clock. So, they expect him to be able to kill somebody? In a half hour, and be at the courthouse with no blood, no cleanup. That's weird. Like that, I don't know. That just to me, like that's like, yeah. Although well, they we are can right. look they... at his work schedule, we can con- confirm this with his attorney. 
and be like, hey, yo, when did he get here? Right. My other question is, though, you said it was her, his neighbor, so I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it could possibly happen. Right. But then again, in a half an hour? Yeah. Quick murder. Like a quickie. And find the cash. But maybe he already knew where the cash was. I don't know. That just seems like something that you'd have to be able to do in 15 minutes and be able to change your clothes and clean up. No. Maybe he was a quick shower. So, the officers examined his clothes. Wait, no, no, I wasn't there yet. Sorry. So, he was at the courthouse till 11 o'clock and returned to the diner where he stayed until 12.30 p.m. So, 12.30 in the afternoon. Okay. The officers examined his clothes and body, and they did not see any apparent bloodstains or cuts. He was fingerprinted and questioned further, but not charged. This case remained open for more than two years, but then in October 1982, a man named Robert Osborne, who was living with Brenda Marsh, Waters' ex-girlfriend at the time, went to the the police department and said, Hey, I'll provide you information on this murder if for money. So if you give me money, I will tell you information on this murder. And who is this? This is Waters' ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend. Okay. And this is two years later, right? Yes. Okay. So Osborne said Marsh had told him that Waters confessed to her and said that he killed a woman. It is unknown whether Osborne was ever compensated for this information so he probably ended up say- telling people this information and not been compensated for it. Probably not, because it wasn't true. Yeah, basically. But, Osborne, when he said that, he probably wasn't compensated. I'm lost. I forgot where I was. Oh, the officers then interrogated Marsha. The ex-girlfriend. The ex-girlfriend that supposedly confessed to Osborne that Waters killed this woman. Which, obviously, it's an innocence project, so it wasn't true. And they actually threatened to charge her as an accessory to murder and take her children away if she didn't say that Osborne's... Osborne did it? No, that Osborne... Osborne's claim is true. Because Osborne is the one that went to the police. And said that. Marsh confessed to him. And her, that Waters, to her. Oh, yeah. So okay. Waters, in the in Osborne's situation, she thought, he well, he thought that Waters confessed to Marsh and Marsh told Osborne. Okay. But so, that didn't happen. But that didn't happen. So after they threatened to, threatened to charge her as an accessory to a murder and take away her children... She initially also refused, saying Osborne's statements were untrue, but eventually, she agreed to cooperate and she told the police that Waters had returned home on the morning of the murder with a long, deep scratch on his face. Now, wouldn't they have that in... In the records, because they examined him? Yes. And was there? No. 
So they're all not obviously looking into this case as much as they should. It doesn't sound. It sounds more like they just wanted to prosecute somebody for it, whether it was the right person or not. Or not yeah. So, which I think happens a lot more. Yeah. Than we like even know about. Because right. I mean, if you're freaking guilty, you're guilty. But if you're not, if you're innocent, what well, I mean, yeah, that's sucks. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. And. There was another former girlfriend named Rosanna Perry. She also initially told the police that she had no information about the crime. But after more than three hours of interrogation and threats of arrest, she told them Waters had said something about stabbing a woman, stealing her money and jewelry. Based on these two statements. Okay, so they pretty much threatened these women with jail time, time and taking so they're children gonna away say, yeah of course yep this happened okay okay then this is the time where waters was charged with murder so waters trial began may 19 may may of 1983 police had used fingerprints to exclude waters so his fingerprints weren't even there no so they used fingerprints to take waters out of the running and several other spec suspects during this investigation these records of excluding waters from this investigation were not provided by the police to the prosecutors oh so they had proof that he wasn't there and they just didn't tell they didn't they just decided provide it. well you know fuck it we're just gonna freaking put it on his ass a forensic analysis tested the three hairs that were collected from the crime scene including one in the victim's hand and one on the murder weapon. Okay. And it didn't match Waters. So there's all this evidence that pointing this him. away from Waters. And they're all coming together and being like, yay. Yeah, that's Waters. It was it was definitely Waters. Waters killed him. Killed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Waters killed her. When truly <coughs> it, it wasn't seems like, because it they seems have like... all this hidden information that they just didn't provide to the prosecutors. That doesn't even see. So what... Okay, keep going. So, Waters was convicted on May 11th, 1983, and sentenced to life in prison. Perfect. There you go, buddy. So, Waters appealed his conviction several times between 1983 and 1999. Although, Rosanna Perry kept saying what she was saying during the trials and stuff like that, and Waters admitted guilt. He just, he kind of just gave up. Fine, I did it. Whatever. His appeals I'm gonna be were, here anyways. For a new trial were denied. So after Waters' conviction, his sister, Betty Ann Waters, sought to prove his innocence. So this is where she put herself through college and law school, all with the girl goal of exonerating her brother. But she's one uh one one tough cookie. Like she's looking at Poochie. She says it tastes good. It's like fish. So, in 1999, she located the blood evidence collected from the scene of the crime and obtained a court order to preserve the evidence for possible DNA testing. In 2000, she began working with the Innocence Project on this case. So, together, the Innocence Project and her met an agreement with the Middlesex County District Attorney's Office 
to allow them to use a private lab to conduct DNA testing on the evidence. Oh. And guess what happened when they did this? He was proven not guilty. Exactly. It Nothing through this said, yeah, Waters was there. He did it. Waters was not the perpetrator. And he was still in jail at this time. So, at this time, this is when Waters was vacated from prison. And this is 18 years in prison for a crime he didn't do. Yeah. Perfect. So, he was in jail. For 18 years. For 18 years. So, think about it. If you went to jail today and got out in 18 years... The world would be completely new to you. Yeah, of course. Like you would have no clue what's going on. There's the internet itself. There's all this. I think. Yeah. There's all this new stuff. So. This is when Waters was freed, while prosecutors considered whether to retry him. (laughs) Okay. So, the Middlesex County District Attorney's Office opened a new invest- investigation on- Investigation. Of- investigation. On. I sound like the Grinch. Yeah. Investigation. Investigation. Of this case to determine whether to retry Waters. The reinvestigation was led by a state police officer who found the police reports to be incomplete. No flying monkey shit. Really do want a monkey. But yeah, they didn't even complete these investigation or anything. They didn't complete anything. They didn't show the prosecutors, hey, he's not a part of this because we didn't complete this, so we're not going to show it to you. Stupid box. So they compact contacted the AR police officers who have been involved in the original investigation. And at this point, for the first time, the police have turned over complete records from the case. Oh. So they turned over every single complete record that they had. Including police report confirming Waters' work schedule and extens- extensive documentation on the fingerprint evidence that have been collected before the trial. Perfect. So they did go in deeper to find his work schedule and prove him not guilty. Wow, what do you know? And the fingerprint trial that was not even thought of. Like, have. Did prosecutors even think to ask, like, hey, you even got any fingerprints to prove he was there? Right. Like, what what was the jury thinking? That's my thing. The cops say that he's guilty, so he's guilty. I mean. I don't know. That just blows my mind that they've they completely let these kind of things just fly by. Like, right, but it could also have been like, was there actually a jury or was it actually? I'm not sure. Done by a judge because I mean that that's two different bag of. It could have been done by just a judge because it was a murder. No juries are on those two. I don't know then. Like you have a, yeah, you have a choice. To be convicted on whatever with your peers, or have a judge just do it. So, I don't know. Yeah. 
But anyway, on March 15, 2001, the district attorney's office dropped all charges against Waters and his exoneration became official. So he was finally free and had no charges under his belt. He went back to his normal life after 18 18 years years in jail. (laughs) So after he got out, (laughs) on September 19, 2001, he died in a car accident. <laughs> so this is like six months after he gets out. It's so sad. And he like, dies. He's like got, got through it all and then he just. He gets out and then six months after he just gets, gets in a car accident and, and dies. dies. He was 47 years old at the time. And his sister, Betty Ann Waters, says her brother's time after the exoneration was truly good. Like he had the best life yeah for six months yeah six months after so many years behind bars like i said the world was new to him like he so it's like a new awakening is like right. being reborn into a different time because like over- like imagine being in jail for 18 years and then walking into a home depot yeah like home depot to me now is like the coolest fucking store ever Really? Yes. I love going into Home Depot. Why? I don't know. Home Depot and Lowe's, I love going in those. The Maybe. lights, the fans, the doors, the set-up kitchens, the set-up bathrooms, it's great. Lowe's has set-up bathrooms, do they? Mm-hmm. No shit. I guess I never paid attention to the bathroom section. Pretty neat. The washers and dryers. There was this fridge one time. Does it have the... It was a touchscreen fridge. Yeah. I could, I would, I literally drew on the fridge, and I told my dad, I'm like, if you get a f- another fridge, and, like, you're gonna, you guys are gonna, like, spend money on a good fridge, you have to get one that I can draw with. <laughs> what did he say? He's like, no. Yeah, I would say, no. No. But anyway, the case was a subject of the 2010 feature film Conviction. So, if you go and try and find the 2010 film of conviction, his case should be in there. I saw that. <laughs> watch the watch a little bit and watch the dog. Anyways. <laughs> so, it blows my mind that they just let him rot in jail for 18 years because they didn't give all of the information. Like, at all. That is funny. Sorry. I was watching a thing, and it was putting a kielbasa in a (laughs) toilet So, like, you tie kielbasa with a string around your waist, and you let it dangle, and then you have toilet paper on the ground, and you have to get it in the roll. The hole. The hole of the roll. And then there's a little dog that was eating it, trying to eat it. (laughs) It was pretty amazing. It honestly looks easy. I don't know if I would say it was easy. Well, no, you just like set it on top of the toilet paper and just move your butt until it goes in. Is this like almost like pooping? Is this what? I don't. Anyway, sorry, that was a moment. I I'm sorry. I'm gonna shut that off. <laughs> so the poor guy gets out. Everything's new. He freaking kills himself pretty much in a car accident. Yeah. That's perfect. Six months. That's yeah. all he got. Six months. And uh, 
in the real world, even though he was innocent to begin with. Right. So well, this dude rot in jail for 18 years. Innocent. So he's in jail, never done a bad thing in his life. Never done- it's the other way around. Never done a damn bad thing in his life, and now they just send him to jail like it's nothing. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye, friend. Imagine what he was feeling when he went in jail. Yeah, probably helpless and like, I'm gonna get raped by Big Bubba. <laughs> I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm gonna be, be somebody's bitch in here. If anybody can figure out what that noise is, I'll give you a um, dozen eggs. <laughs> And that concludes our story for this week. And I'm sorry we've been neglecting you guys. And we're going to get better. And we will do more as time goes on. Love you all. Big and small. Did you hear my... Yeah. I was waiting for that. What am I... What do you want me to say? Have a good night? Yeah. Have a good night. Please uh, be safe. Good afternoon whenever you're listening to this. Love you, bye!